Before we jump into today's topic, allow me to take just a moment to thank today's show sponsor, which is Organifi. You guys know how I feel about Organifi. It is my go-to. In fact, this is so refreshing. I have a glass of ice, fresh water mixed with pure and immunity. It's got just enough citrus. That's two of their products mixed together. I don't know if everybody likes the taste of that. I do. I love it. It's like an orange flavor. That's the immunity kind of tastes like orange. And then the pure has a lemony taste and I mix two of them together. And that way I get everything I need for my immunity, my antiviral, my antifungal. It's just a great way to support your immune system every single day. And then I mix that with my Organifi Pure, which is, it's basically all the superfoods that your brain needs to help reach maximum mental performance. In other words, it's what I drink to help me think better, to help my memory, to increase neurogenesis. And get this, this is the other reason why I drink it. Their product is clinically proven to boost BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor by up to 142%. Anyways, they've got tons of great products. Whatever your nutritional needs might be lacking or your palate might be craving, Organifi is definitely the company to check out. All right, guys, the cool news, you get 20% off all of their products when you use code Chalene. Again, it's Organifi, and I'm going to spell it O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Chalene. That's Organifi dot com forward slash Chalene, and you get 20% off. Yo, what's going on? Thanks so much for joining me today on The Chalene Show. I'm Chalene Johnson, and today we're going to talk about the things that you don't want to say to other people, even if you mean well. Listen, we've all done it. We've all unintentionally offended somebody with our seemingly innocent question or a curious comment. And frankly, over the years, I've probably done this more times than I care to admit. I'm just a super curious person. I'm a little bit awkward, I guess. Like things that other people wouldn't ask, I usually don't worry about that. I just ask the question. I'm just super curious and I've always seen that as a positive thing, but recently I've learned, well, I guess over the years, I've learned there's certain things you just don't ask, right? I'm not a jerk. I don't ever want to hurt somebody's feelings, but I also feel like in the last probably 18 months, I'm sure you feel this way too, somebody is offended by everything. Are you with me? Does it feel like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to refer to you? What is appropriate? What is inappropriate? What words are no longer permitted? You know, what questions am I in trouble for not having asked? What questions am I in trouble for because I did ask? And listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt me to learn. And I hope you feel the same way. There's just certain things that you just wouldn't know unless you're in that person's shoes. So today, what I thought I would do is kind of provide us with a little cheat sheet. Now, these things I'm going to share with you today, these aren't my opinion. I am sharing specifically the requests of people who are in a particular situation, and they have expressed to me via social media the things that they desperately want us to stop asking and to stop saying because it's offensive, hurtful, or just rude. So today, I'm going to share what not to say to someone who is single, divorced, grieving, a parent of a child with special needs, 
what not to say to people who are black or indigenous people of color, what not to say to people about having children, what not to say to adoptive parents or people who were adopted, what not to say to someone who's struggling with fertility, and a few extras just for fun. All right, let's do it. Let's start with what I think is one of the easiest ones, and that is people who are single. Now, I don't want to get into the habit as we get started here of like trying to defend or explain why we ask some of the stupid questions that we ask. But I do have to say that I have lots of friends who are single, and it's one of the things that they talk about often. They are often like kind of updating me on their dating status or asking, do you have anyone you can hook me up with or just sharing tidbits about their dating life. So until I started preparing for this episode, I assumed that it was just a way of like connecting with them about something that is of interest to them other than like work or whatever other things we have in common, which we have a lot of other things in common. So there's plenty of other things I can talk about. It was just like one of those things I didn't want to avoid, but I certainly don't think that everyone needs to be with somebody. That's not at all the case. I don't have to imagine. I now know from listening to you, listening to this community and my friends that generally speaking, this is probably the easiest one. Just don't comment. You don't have to ask if they're still single. You don't have to ask. In fact, they don't want you to ask, have you found somebody new? Are you dating anyone? Because as you will hear throughout this episode, when we ask these kinds of questions, it's a reminder to that individual that there's something wrong with them, that they don't fit in with society's standards. If we're asking, why haven't you filled in the blank, then the presumption there is you're not whole or you're not complete or you're not enough or you're not the norm if you don't have someone. So basically, generally speaking, my single friends here in this community said, just don't ask. We'll offer it up. And the one where I got a little bit of mixed messaging is on the notion of you perhaps asking a single friend if you could introduce them to someone that you know. And this one I kind of got mixed messages on. So here's the general consensus. The general consensus is you start by saying, are you interested in meeting someone? If not, no big deal. But if you are, I have this person that I think would adore you. So in other words, you're letting them know in advance, like, I don't expect that you need to be with one. I'm not trying to say you're not supposed to be single. But in the event that you are looking to date or meet someone, I know someone who I think would be perfect for you. But generally speaking, you just don't even need to mention it. So I'm done mentioning it. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I realize now how hurtful and annoying, despite how well-meaning I might think I'm being. All right. Next category is what not to say or ask to someone who is divorced. And I am just going to rattle through these just as fast as I possibly can. Did someone cheat? Did you cheat? Did he cheat? Is he with someone else? Is she with someone else? You don't have to say, oh, I'm sorry, because maybe they're not. Don't say, well, at least you didn't have kids. Don't compare your divorce to somebody else's divorce. Avoid saying, oh, bummer, I really liked her or I really liked him. You don't need to ask if they will get married again. Don't suggest that you know why they got divorced because of a certain trait that they have or to suggest that if they don't work on themselves that they won't find another partner. Don't ask a divorced parent how many of their children are from the same dad or the same mom. It's just 
Rude. Don't assume that someone who's divorced wants to find another partner. Don't assume that someone who's divorced is lonely or unhappy. Don't ask someone if they actually tried to save their marriage. Don't question their integrity and don't make assumptions about either partner in the marriage. Next up, and this is a big one, what not to say to someone who doesn't have kids. All right, this is another pretty simple one. Don't say anything. It ain't none of your business. I know, I know it's hard, and I've done it too. Listen, especially when it's someone who's lovely and you just could picture them as being the most wonderful mother, but you just, you're making them feel like they aren't going to live up to society's expectations or they're going to somehow disappoint you or that they're not enough because they don't have a child. Maybe they have decided, whether they're married or not married, that they don't want to have a child. Can't we all agree that everyone doesn't need to be a parent? That the world doesn't necessarily need more people who aren't 100% into it when it comes to kids? Like, Also, don't assume that that person isn't trying or hasn't had some problems with fertility, and that this isn't a really personal, painful question. Don't assume that both partners are on the same page. You know, it's just, it's way too personal to even comment on. So, and I know we can do this because think about it. You've learned, I know you have, I know you've learned not to ask a woman her age. We teach that to our children. Well, we have to teach to our children so that when they grow up to be adults, not to comment on the relationship status or the child status of another person. It's just too personal. It's none of our business. And frankly, it's rude. I know. I know it's not our intention. I know we've probably all done this by accident, especially when we're like, oh, but it's my closest friend. Oh, it's my sister. Oh, it's someone younger who I work with. Oh, it's my niece. It's my daughter-in-law, whoever. It's hurtful and it's not helpful and you're not going to have any impact on that decision. It's such a personal decision. So let's all just agree that we're not going to say anything anymore unless that person wants to bring it up and talk to you about it. In which case, some additional things you don't want to say include, well, it will happen when God wants it to happen, implying that God doesn't want this to happen for them. Or maybe you're working out too much. Maybe you're too thin. Maybe you're too heavy. Maybe you're too stressed, all of which imply that it's something you're doing wrong. I mean, do I really need to go over all of these? I'm just going to throw a few more out there, but just remember that the general rule is not to say anything. But I just can't even believe some of the stupid things that people have told me have been said to them, such as, oh, you really need to have children because at the end of your life, who will take care of you? Oh, you need to have children because... What will bring you happiness later? Oh, you need to consider having kids now because the clock is ticking and you're going to run out of time and then you'll be old and lonely. Well, this might be your opinion. That might be your personal belief. We don't have to impose it on other people and we shouldn't. It's hurtful. Let's talk about things you don't ever want to say to a parent who is a parent of a child with special needs pretty much anything. Like some of these were the rudest comments that I read. I cannot imagine being able to contain my anger (laughs) if somebody said this to me. So here's one of the examples. This person said that a family member said, give that boy a day with me and I will straighten him out. Her son has autism. Were you depressed when you found out your child was diagnosed with insert name of disability or special need? When you explained your child has a particular disorder or disability or special needs, 
having the other person relate your child to a character in a movie. Oh, so like Rain Man, making ridiculous suggestions on how you can cure your child when obviously, oh my gosh, obviously this parent, any parent is going to be the authority. They're going to be the expert. They will have done the research. And if they really wanted your suggestions on how to find this miracle cure that you somehow know about from a friend of yours, like just rub essential oils on their temples, or all you have to do is have them drink a celery juice for a year and and they'll be cured. Like some of these crazy things that people suggest, and obviously people mean well, but it's annoying and you don't want to be annoying. If that person who you've told or who understands that your child has special needs, if they specifically want your advice or help or resourcefulness, they will ask for it. But to offer it, to just be that person who's trying to solve problems and help everybody is to imply that there's something wrong, is to imply that that parent hasn't done their research, isn't hell-bent on trying to do and provide everything they possibly can so that their child has the best possible life. Just be supportive. Ask kind questions. What does she or he love to do? What's your favorite thing about your child? Like notice the beautiful parts about these kids without having to make commentary on their disability or asking simply intrusive, overly private questions. Okay, you're doing really well so far. So I just want to make sure to remind you that there are always exceptions. And I'm sure some of these things you've said and you've thought to yourself, yeah, but I don't think I offended that person because the context was such, or I really meant well, or they brought it up, or, you know, I do that too. As I read through many of these comments, I kept trying to defend myself and thinking of times like I said one of these things and I still to this day am not clear on how that was hurtful. But if somebody says it's hurtful, then it is. And it's no skin off of my back to just be more aware of these things. It's a personal responsibility. And if you care about other people's feelings, which I do, then I'm going to try to be far more aware of the things I do say and don't say and the questions that I ask and the comments that I don't need to make. I'm a very curious person. I recognize that there's a time and a place. And frankly, timing makes a really big deal on some of this stuff. Okay, deep breath in. You're doing great. Let's keep going. To those who have suffered a loss, who are grieving, this is a tough one, guys. But I want you to remember these because that's a time when we don't know what to say unless you've been there, and then you know exactly what not to say. So let's talk about what not to say. The first is nothing. Over and over again, I heard from people who were grieving who said people who didn't know what to say either completely avoided them or completely avoided the subject. It was like as if it didn't happen. Also not helpful is when you relate a death or a loss that you've recently experienced, in which case you're turning the whole thing back on you, where now this person who's grieving winds up consoling you. Like to say, oh, you lost your husband. I know exactly what you're going through. I just lost my dog. Literally, that was one of the examples I got today. Can you imagine? Just don't talk about yourself or your own personal loss. Don't say they're in a better place now. Don't say it just takes time. Or at least, at least you didn't have children. At least he was older. At least he lived a long life. At least he got to graduate. At least she went fast. Like any at least statement 
associated with grief is just so minimizing. There are actually very few things that you should say. And here's some of those that were shared with me from the experts. I'm so sorry. I love you. And I promise I will pray for you. I have no idea what you're feeling right now, but I want you to know I'm here for you. I am so, so sorry for your loss. Even to say, I don't know what to say, but I care about you and I'm praying for you. Share a favorite story about that person, the person who they lost. They don't want you to avoid talking about that person. They just don't want their death or their life to be dismissed. They want to remember them. Share your favorite song. Share your favorite story. Or simply send that person a text and let them know that you love them, that you're praying for them. My friend Mia, who lost her son Noah, said sometimes it's just as simple as getting a text that's just filled with heart emojis and somebody letting her know that they're thinking about her. It's been two years. Sometimes people forget that grief can last a lifetime. I mean, it will last a lifetime. It just may take on different shapes. So it's so nice to have other people acknowledge that that's something you still experience every single day. And sometimes I know personally, you worry, oh gosh, I don't want to stir this up. I don't want to cause them to be sad. But you know, if you've ever lost someone who means the world to you, the worst thing in the world is to just have them be forgotten because you'll never forget. So let this be a reminder and send a quick text to someone you know who's experienced a devastating loss, even if it was 10 years ago, and let them know you're thinking about them today. Things not to say to adoptive parents or people who were adopted. Do you know your real mom and dad? Use the term bio if you need to ask that, but most people commented that they would prefer that just come up in conversation by their definition, like on their timing. Like if they want to bring that up, they'll bring it up. Don't ask, oh, so you couldn't have your own? This is their child, implying as if that's not their child. This one I cannot even believe that people say, but apparently it gets said a lot and oftentimes in front of the child. Oh, so why did their parents give them up or why did their birth mom give them up? As a matter of fact, people who are adopted by other families say that when they tell people that they're adopted, the number one question is always about their, quote, real parents. And most people who were adopted want you to know that their real parents are the people who are really raising them. Did you try getting pregnant? Are you going to let them know their real mom and dad? <laughs> Anytime you use the word real mom and dad, like that in and of itself is offensive because their real mom and dad are their mom and dad, the person who's raising them. Use the term bio-parent. On a related subject, things not to say to someone who's struggling with fertility or who may be struggling with fertility, you don't know. Don't give them advice such as, well, you need to stop stressing. You need to change your life. You need to change your job. You need to stop working out so hard. You need to take a vacation. You need to fill in the blank. Or worse yet, suggesting that they have done things in the past. Oh, is it because you were a gymnast? Is it because you waited so long? Oh, is that because you were more focused on your career. Oh, is that because you were a smoker? Is that because there's something medically wrong with your husband? Did you have an accident? Are you infertile or is he? Will you adopt children? Why don't you just adopt? What about IVF? Are you trying IVF? You should just use a surrogate. You should just stop worrying about it and it'll happen. 
Well, not everyone's meant to have children. You should count your blessings. Having kids is such an inconvenience. You shouldn't try so hard. This is probably God's plan for your life. You know, not everyone was cut out to be a parent. And, of course, the most annoying but obviously well-meaning comments are those people who have every possible solution that you need to try. Oh, you just go eat a salad at this place, or you need to put honey on the end of a cucumber, and have you tried this technique or that technique, or, oh, it's just a matter of understanding what day you ovulate on and then waiting three days, like all these crazy ways to, oh, just, I didn't know such a simple solution existed. Just relax. It'll happen. Well, God only gives you what you can handle. Do you think you can still have kids? And some of the most insensitive comments of all are those that are made to moms who have had any kind of miscarriage. Well, at least you know you're fertile. Oh, you're young. You can try again. I had a miscarriage too. My friend had a miscarriage. Lots of women have miscarriages. You'll be fine. Well, at least you didn't go full term and get really attached. Was it something you ate? Was it something you did? Is it because you were drinking? Is it because you didn't find out you were pregnant until you were 12 weeks along? Is it because you were exercising? When will you try again? Even some of the most common cliches that we've all heard are very minimizing, like, well, everything happens for a reason. Women who are struggling with their fertility, they just don't want to hear you complain about your kids. They don't want to hear how incredibly fertile you are, or how easy it was for yourself or your sister or your friend to get pregnant. It's just very painful. And I know we make these mistakes. We all do. I'm sure I've made them too. But just try to catch yourself. And if you do make that mistake, admitting you're human and apologizing goes such a long way. To those who are black or indigenous people of color, don't ask if you can touch their hair. Don't ask where they came from. No, really. Where are you from? Avoid asking someone with heritage different from your own whether certain common stereotypes or myths are actually true. For the love of all things that are sacred, don't comment that somebody sounds intelligent or they don't sound, quote, black, or you don't look, quote, Korean or fill-in-the-blank nationality. And I wish it went without saying, but don't make racist assumptions about a person's parents or the way that they were raised, their schooling, their education, their beliefs, their politics. Don't make minimizing comments like, well, that happens to everybody, especially when it comes to their own feelings about racism, their own experiences. Don't question their integrity. Well, how did you approach them? What were you wearing? Do you think something you said could have been misinterpreted? Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I just don't think that that was their intention. Now, that statement might be true, but by making that statement, by asking that question, what you're doing is calling into question the integrity and the experience of the person who's shared their own experience with you. Don't defend the status quo by saying things like, well, they're from another generation or they're just old and they just don't get it. Don't be defensive and suggest that there's, well, there's two sides to every story. I'm sure they didn't mean it that way. Don't ask someone if they're mixed. Don't say, I understand how you feel, because nobody wants to hear that. Each individual is their own person, and we can't possibly know how another person feels. A better thing might be to say, I want to understand how you feel. 
And don't say, I love mixed race babies. It's just weird. It might be well-meaning, but they're not trophies. It's weird. Don't ask, is that your real hair? Don't use phrases like, you people. Never say, I don't think of you as black, or I don't think of you as Asian. I don't think of you as different. Don't touch their hair. Don't make such a big deal about their hair. And generally speaking, can we all just drop the stereotypes and assumptions that we make about other people, other nationalities, other races, other cultures? And last but not least, let's talk about things not to say as it pertains to age. First of all, I know you mean well, but it's not a compliment when you tell a woman of any age, you look good for your age. I'm sure the intention is kind, but it's annoying. I mean, I've seen people make that comment under the posts of like 30-year-olds. I sure hope I look as good as you when I'm your age and the person's 30. Don't say, I would have never guessed you're so old. Oh my God. I love seeing people your age do fill in the blank. That reminds me, I was roller skating in my neighborhood and the guard gate was like, hey, this literally happened. He's like, hey, can I ask? Well, no, I'm not going to ask because I know that's rude. But I just want to say that you sure seem like you have a lot of energy for someone your age. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Basically, you don't want to say anything like fill in the blank for someone your age. Like you've got a good body for someone your age. You dress cool for someone your age. You have a zest for life for someone your age. Like it's the for someone your age part that's rude. This is a personal one for me. I can't stand it when someone says, oh, you're going to be a hot grandma or a hot grandpa. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Speaking of which, don't ask, when are the grandkids coming? So you're going to be a grandma soon. Obviously, don't say, aren't you too old for this? Or you're getting old. Or do you think you're too old for that? I mean, newsflash, you're aging. You are older than you were. And the age that you are is just the age that you are. It's not a bad thing. It just is. So anything people say that's like patronizing, like, oh, that's so cute for someone your age, it's just rude. You know, age is something that we all experience. And what's more important, I think, is how youthful you feel. I did a whole podcast on that. I don't take much offense to these comments. I find them a little off-putting at times. And I certainly hope that I didn't make those comments when I was younger, but I'm sure I did, right? So part of this whole episode is, of course, to shed a light on those things that we say that are well-meaning, but yet they're hurtful and or annoying. And sometimes we don't realize they're annoying until we're in that position ourselves. So please don't take it personal. Please don't feel defensive by hearing any of these things. This episode was intended for me as much as it is for you to just kind of to help each other not offend each other as often. Having said that, I also know that even when I was asking for input for this episode, I had a lot of people reach out that said, I'm just sick of this. I'm so sick of everyone being so sensitive. I'm so annoyed that like everything you say can get you canceled, can get you in trouble, that someone's going to be offended by it. You're going to get called out by it. Like, I can't keep up with the right terms and what's the right thing to say and the wrong thing to say. Just like, can everyone just have a lot thicker skin? And I get it. 
I've had those moments too. And I do feel that way sometimes. But at the same time, it's no sweat off my back to just try to be a little more understanding and empathetic. I'm not in that person's shoes. And if in fact something I say, a term, a question, a comment, a concern, an inquiry is offensive or annoying or rude or hurtful or considered a microaggression, what harm is there in trying to be more aware and trying to think about other people's feelings before we speak? There's a million other things that we can talk about. There's a million other questions we can ask. There's a hundred other things that we can relate to each other on. And I think by knowing some of these things, I know myself personally, this is going to make me a better human. I'm a question asker. And this is going to make me someone who asks more thoughtful questions, more conscientious questions. And I hope it does the same thing for you. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Thanks for contributing to this episode. I love you. I really do. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.